Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Cooper, and I'm down in Nashville, Tennessee at Big Sports Show. That's right. Safari, Safari Club, Club International. International. That's yeah. right. And I have with me Zach Porter. He's the president of Acute Angling. And Zach, I got to tell you, I don't know if you saw the stars in my eyes or not, but stop by your booth. You're out of the Amazon. Peacock bass still on my list of things, that bucket list of things I want to get done. Well, we're here to fill your bucket. Let's get <laughs> you down there. Hey, let, let's get after it because, you know, the clock's ticking. I'm 75 years old. That's right. That's right. We need to make it happen. <laughs> well, man, it's such a pleasure to run across you. And and peacock bass, I watch it on TV all the time. One of my absolute favorite things to watch. And I hunt and fish and get after everything there is to get after, you know. Uh, just an excuse to get in the outdoors. That's right. But... I live in the Missouri Ozarks. We have some fabulous, I, within an hour, I can get to about eight different clear, free-flowing, no-dams rivers in the Missouri Ozarks. And the smallmouth bass, some of them got trout and that sort of thing. Beautiful. And I spent a lot of time chasing them. And I've spent a lot of time in, in uh, Mexico, the Caribbean, you know, chasing tarpon. I love tarpon on the fly rod. But I've just got to got to scratch this itch you know and find out how these big bad beautiful peacock bass compare to tarpon well, let me tell you what the if you're a fisherman the amazon is the place to be especially for freshwater we have over three thousand species of freshwater fish in the amazon basin three thousand three thousand species yep wow well, and I'm, I'm gonna brag just a little bit here 2018, I was inducted to the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame. Now, you just said you used the term freshwater. Yes. Okay, the Amazon freshwater. Correct, yep. yep. Wow. I'll have to, I've got to get down there and work on some of those other freshwater species. That's right. If you're going to be in the Hall of Fame, I think you have to have a peacock Oh, bass, absolutely. But, but I have to confess, I didn't make it as a fisherman. My wife can outfish me. That's the honest oh, truth. All right. But... Well, you don't have to admit that on the podcast. Yeah, I shouldn't, I guess. But fishing rider, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I do get accused of uh, making those fish grow. You That's know. right. We all do. We yeah, all do. Yeah, absolutely. It's part of it. But tell me about your business. How long have you been in business in Amazon? Sure. So we've been in the business for 25 years. 25 years. We have various operations that fish in different parts of the basin. And we follow good water conditions essentially will move around our operations and we want to be in areas where we can access the fish if there's too much water that goes into the jungle the bait fish go in there and so do the peacock bass and so we're constantly chasing the correct water level so that we can put you into the optimal conditions sounds like the kind of thing that every angler does but when you're in business it's a little bit different story that's right if i'm i'm going out and just try, trying to catch fish for myself it's one thing if you're trying to put clients on fish that have come long distances, uh, you feel the pressure there sometimes? You feel the pressure. Yeah, I mean, people are putting a lot of money into this. For a lot of people, this is a once-in-a-lifetime trip. And so we're doing everything we can to make sure that 
they're going to have that once-in-a-lifetime experience. From the time you arrive in Manaus, we have an English-speaking host who's there to take care of you, to get you to the accommodations. Our guides are very polished because we know that for a lot of people, this is their one shot, and we want to maximize our opportunities as much as we can. Obviously, we can't control Mother Nature, but we're going to control everything else that we can. Ab- absolutely, and you hit the nail on the head there. I've, gosh, I've been on lots of trips in my lifetime and lots of hunting and fishing camps, and some of them just seem so easy. just seem like everything just falls into place. Then you go into that turkey hunting camp or that deer hunting camp, and it rains all week long. It's yeah. cold, and, you know, turkeys ain't gobbling. Deer aren't moving, and, you know. It's tough. I mean, that's... It's hunting, and it's, it's fishing. It's hunting, it's fishing. I mean, right? I mean, but, you know, it's... If, if you don't want to put up with that, then stay at home, but then you're not living your life, right? I mean, exactly. You have to take the chances if you're going to have the enjoyment. If that's right. You're going to, but I tell you what, I've learned over the decades, too, that, hey, you have that, uh, the, I don't like to call them bad trips because I can't say I've ever had a bad trip. Some are just better than others. That's right. But when you have some that are not quite up to your expectations, when you get one that's really super, it's really sweet. That's right. Yep. <laughs> it, it really it, is. So what kind of accommodations do you have at your operation? All of our accommodations have AC, showers, gourmet food. Uh, it's not roughing it considering you're in the middle of the Amazon. We try to make it as comfortable <laughs> as possible. We do daily laundry service, so we just say, hey, bring a toothbrush and a few pairs of clothes, and we'll take care of the rest. Oh, man, so that, that sounds like paradise for sure. Didn't yeah. Teddy Roosevelt spend some time in the Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. No, I mean, we, we keep it pretty comfortable considering you're in the middle of nowhere. Oh, it, it sounds like it. But I think most people that are traveling long distances, and if people land out that kind of money, I mean, they have some expectations, you know. And some expectations. Amazon hot and humid? You know, it can be. It's not as bad as you may think, though. Um, in fact, one time I got out of the tarmac in Houston in the summertime and was like, man, it's way hotter than the Amazon, <laughs> and I just spent a month there. So, you know, it, it can get warm. 85 to 95 degrees is pretty common. You can get some days over 100. Uh, but you would be surprised because of the trees. You get a lot of shade. Exactly. You know, you get a lot of cloud cover a lot of days where it can, you know, have light showers on and off. And so it's not as hot as you may be expecting it to be and one thing that's really nice is we don't have any mosquitoes in the rear yep because the water's too acidic and so you get these big beautiful beaches you get this beautiful black water it's nice and warm you're enjoying the fishing i mean it's kind of like a paradise a lot of people worry about you know piranhas and we swim in the water you know it's not an issue for us it's nothing like what you see on tv in fact when if we can get people to the amazon they always go man this place is spectacular and they come back again and again Unfortunately, Hollywood has, you know, painted it to be something that it's really not. It's yeah. really a spectacular place. Well, that's the case with lots of uh, outdoor venues, uh, I think. Hollywood doesn't do us any favors in that, that regard, and I've discovered that in a lot of places. But I love the fact you don't have mosquitoes. I've been, right. oh, man, I grew up in swamps of southeast Missouri and just oh, clouds and clouds of mosquitoes. And it was hot and humid. We were in low ground and didn't have an air conditioner in an old farmhouse, you know. And we had screen doors and screens on the windows. And literally, you couldn't see out the screens for the mosquito clouds. No, I tell you, I mean, I, I do a lot of fly fishing in the Rockies. And I've walked oh. through, through some farmer's fields like in Idaho and Montana and just been swarmed by mosquitoes. And the mosquito problem down there is nothing near what I see in the Rockies or Alaska and Canada. It's it's pretty mild. Well, I still have nightmares about the mosquitoes. I spent a little time in South Vietnam and Cambodia and spent a night in a hole one time. I was so, <coughs> excuse 
excuse me, afraid I hadn't slept for three nights, I don't think. And I finally went to sleep, and it rained all night. I woke up the next morning, water up under my chin, and I couldn't see. And I'm getting kind of frantic, you know. I, I didn't know if I'd been hit during the night or what. And I'm, I'm getting a little loud, I guess. The guy in the next hole hollered and told me if I didn't shut up, he's going to shoot me in the head. <laughs> well, what, what happened was... I guess during the night we had black camo on her face and raining and everything. I rubbed it and rubbed all that. It had insect repellent in it and rubbed it all off. And mosquitoes got on my face and chewed me up so bad my oh, eyes, no. were, eyes were swell shut. Oh, no. <laughs> so none of that in the Amazon, huh? No, I mean, look, there, there's definitely places where you can experience mosquitoes. There's three types of water in the Amazon. You have black water that has no mosquitoes. You have blue water, clear water, kind of typical of like a Rocky Mountain stream. Really? And then you have white water. That typically is coming off the Andes, and that's got a big sediment load. So the whole Solomois River system, which is where the water comes from the Andes, that can have mosquitoes. But where we fish, it's either blackwater rivers or clearwater rivers. Blackwater have no mosquitoes. Clearwater occasionally, but it's not very bad. I mean, I, I just spent a week down there this year, and I saw one mosquito the whole time I was there. So not wow. not that terrible. Hey, that, that's that's my kind of country, no that's, mosquitoes. That's exactly right. Hate, hate them with a passion, Yeah, you know. But... There in the Amazon, are the peacock bass primary thing you fish for? Or there are other species. There's all kinds of species. Now, there's two types of fisheries. If you're in the lowlands where all the tributaries are feeding in, you're basically chasing the biggest species of peacock bass, the cichlotomensis. And that's the biggest one. You know, you can catch them in over 20 pounds. IGFA considers 20 and up a, a trophy. Yeah. And there are other species. For example, as you move up into the what we call highland rivers, or as you go up into the tributaries, you start to get into a more stable water flow environment. And you'll start catching things like pyara. They're the ones with the big teeth in the front. They oh, call yeah. them vampire fish. You got yep. bicuda, wolf fish. Uh, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a huge variety. You got a bunch of different catfish species, some of which are actually, scientists have discovered that they're somewhat migratory. So they'll go up into these tributaries and, there's not a lot of studies, but a few studies suggest that they even lay their eggs up into these tributaries, kind of like a steelhead or salmon move up really? into tributaries. Yeah, it's really interesting. And so you get these big catfish, payara, bicuda. There's a smaller species of peacock up in those tributaries. So just, just really cool stuff. I mean, that's why I love the Amazon. There's so many species, and there's so much water that it's just a, it's an unlimited amount of opportunities for an angler and that's why i enjoy it so much absolutely but the amazon is a big big river is that correct correct yeah so there's kind of some debate on where the amazon starts uh some people say you know it starts in the andes and then trickles mm -hmm. down what we would call the solomois and some people say the amazon river starts where the rio negro and the solomois come together at the meeting of the waters which is kind of a famous location and you know i I guess it depends on where you're from and who you talk to, but yeah, this is a this is a big body of water. I mean, we're talking about a huge, huge river system, and, and it. I mean, back home, I would look at my biggest river, like in Idaho, is the Snake River. That's like the size of a tributary of a tributary in the Amazon, right? I mean, that even the tributaries in, in the Amazon basin are very, very large. Now, I'm trying to remember my geography. You, now, you have to understand that's been. 60, 65 years ago in grade school, you know. Sure, sure, yeah, no problem. <laughs> so is the Amazon the largest river system in the world? It is. There's some debate on which one's longer. You know, I've heard that the Nile is considered right. longer, but in terms of total discharge, the amount of water, for sure, the Amazon blows everybody out of the water. Uh, it, 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 that no one even competes with the amount of volume. Exactly. Yeah. Well, every time I watch the TV shows and I look at the Amazon and just how wild 
everything looks. Now, you mentioned there were 300 species of fish? 3,000. 3,000. That's a hard figure to wrap your head around when you think about individual fish species. But besides the fish species, those jungles have just got to be teeming with other types of wildlife. What might you see in terms of other wildlife and birds as you're fishing down the Amazon? Sure. I mean, very typical. The macaws are a favorite. Mm -hmm. You can see some of those. There's a lot of different types of bird life that you'll see. Uh, a lot of caiman, if you're in the lowlands, pink dolphins are very common. In fact, sometimes they'll chase your peacocks when you release them. So you got to be a little <laughs> careful. <laughs> if we catch a really big one, sometimes we oh, go over to the bank and let them yeah. go to make sure the, the dolphins the don't rating. catch them. They're pretty smart, actually. They're, they're, they're pretty clever. So a lot of dolphins, a lot of caiman, uh, a lot of bird life. You can see things like anacondas occasionally. Mammal life is can be actually difficult to see sometimes right. just because of the, the jungle and the, the growth. But you could sometimes see like pacas or uh, you might see a, if you see a jaguar, you're very lucky. Very, yeah, very few I'd people see so. one. Yeah, yeah. but, you know, it, it's just a beautiful place. It's a beautiful environment. Um, and if you see a bright frog, don't touch it. <laughs> good piece of advice yeah. but uh do you encourage people to bring cameras along of course yeah sure. especially nowadays i mean the gopros are awesome you oh, can just dunk yeah. those things in the water and take underwater footage of your fish you know it, th those things have really changed the game in my opinion because you can take them anywhere right i mean out in the heat out in the rain you don't have to worry about them that's, that's what I would pack. Just bring a cell phone and a GoPro, and you're good to go. Well, I, I love taking photographs. I've taken tens and tens of thousands in my lifetime, and I do get myself in trouble with a guide once in a while. I was with a turkey hunting guide one time in the Ozarks. Had a gobbler just gobbling his head off up on, on the ridge, you know, and we're, he's going west, and we're trying to get ahead of him. And I ran across a huge patch of wildflowers plus morel mushrooms, and I always carry uh, a bag in my pocket you know in case of running across mushrooms sure. well, I, I stopped and started picking mushrooms snapped a few pictures this guy's having a fit man that turkey's up here gobbling we got to get to him i said man he's not gonna leave the county he's you know he'll be there yeah he's hanging so out i got my mushrooms we got ahead of him killed him 30 minutes later there you so, go so i had so. turkey and mushrooms and wildflower photos there to you boot, go you know well folks don't go away we're going to take a short break here but zach porter and myself, we're going to be back, and we're going to get into talking about some fishing techniques for the peacock bass. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Steve Stoltz with Drury Outdoors, and you're listening to Living the Dream Outdoors podcast with Phil Cooper and Hunter Heineman. Slow down and enjoy the simple things in life. Welcome to Huzal Valley Resort, providing family fun since 1979. They offer floating, and you can choose from canoes, rafts, kayaks, and inner tubes on a beautiful, crystal clear Huzal River. Lodging, let us be your home away from home. Choose from a variety of lodging units while still enjoying the great outdoors. With over two and a half miles of river camping on the crystal clear Huzal, we're sure you and your family will find the perfect spot to pitch your tent, or park your RV. Have fun and let us help you get the most of your stay. Check out our guided trail rides and Karen's Cafe menu. There's something for everyone at Who's All. There's a campground store on site that has everything you need for your trip, whether you're in need of gear, grub, or something else. Chances are they've got it. And their campground has RV sites and primitive sites for all your camping needs. If you like the adventures of camping with a cozy bed at night, we have a variety of different lodging units to choose from. 
But who's all valley? There's always something going on out there. Check them out on Facebook, or if you want to make a reservation, simply call 1-800-367-4516. Hi, I'm Steve Stoltz with Woodhaven Custom Calls and Mafio Camouflage and Drury Outdoors. And I'm here to give you a spring turkey hunting tip number one. Scout, scout, and scout more. I think a lot of emphasis is on calling, hunting strategies, uh, learning, uh, you know, turkey hunt, spring turkey habits. But scouting can be the most overlooked tool to success, in my opinion. And what I mean by scout, scout, and more scout, I, I don't mean just going out and listening for birds in the morning maybe one time and getting a location of where they're at. Learn where they're at. Spend several mornings out there scouting. Learn your terrain. Get to know every nook and cranny of your hunting area. Get to know where they're roosting. Get to know where they're coming down and hitting the ground and heading far in the morning. What direction? Strut areas. Areas they like to hang later in the morning. Areas they like to dust areas they like to feed and you'll put yourself in a way better position to hunt those gobblers uh, knowing where they're at what they're doing all day because sometimes in fact many times you don't get them killed early in the morning right off the roost you have to go for a later morning hunt or a midday hunt well the better you know what those turkeys are doing the better chance you'll be in the right place to get one to gobble later in the morning and have success that's my turkey tip for the week. I'm Steve Stoltz. Thanks for listening. Hi, folks. It's Aaron Jeffries with the Missouri Department of Conservation with a little habitat hint here. Uh, no surprise, uh, we are in the middle of a pretty severe drought across most of mid-Missouri. Uh, would encourage folks to take a look at diversifying their grazing systems. Uh, right now, the department, NRCS, and other partners do have cost share available for the establishment of native form season grasses for grazing and hay purposes. What a great program. What a wonderful way of diversifying your grazing system and actually having a drought-tolerant productive grass in the months of June, July, and August. If you're looking for more information, would encourage you to go to, go to the Missouri Department of Conservation's website at mdc.mo.gov. And in the upper right-hand corner is contacts. Go to your county and find your private land conservationist for your county uh, to set up a meeting to look at ways that you can improve your property, not only for wildlife, but also forage production for your cattle. Hey everybody, this is Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. Check out my buddy's podcast show, Living the Dream Outdoors with Bill Cooper and Hunter Hindman. You're really going to enjoy this week's show. Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I hope you got to hear that first segment with Zach Porter. He's the president of Acute Angling out of the Amazon. i got to ask you about the names. Of course, I'm a writer, and I'm always curious about names of anything. But Acute Angling, why would you choose that name? 
you know, honestly, I didn't choose it. Uh, oh. The gentleman <laughs> on the business before chose it. I mean, it's a kind of a funny play on words, I guess, a cute angle, cute angling. You know? Yep, yep, yep. Maybe well, we're cute anglers. I don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> maybe all the above. Maybe all the above. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The nice thing is you got you know AA that's at the top of your phone list. So when I save uh, into your hey, contact list, I you'll wondered, remember. I wondered about that. There you go. Popped up early. On that's right. Media. We want to be number one when you open your contact list. Hey, there you go. Somebody was thinking. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, Zach, you know fishermen. Sure. The good ones are death on detail. Yep. Man, I mean, some of the guys, and I'm not so much crazy about that kind of stuff. I, I still fish lures from 40, 50 years ago, you know. I still got them. Right. Uh, and still use some of those old lures. Yeah, I dabble with the new ones, and I have my favorites and everything. But I understand down at Amazon, generally, there are three, and if you include catfish, four different techniques that you use to fish down there. What's the most popular? You know, just because it's the easiest, I would say spinning rods, spinning yep. rods and reels, uh, followed by bait casting, then fly fishing. And then if you're doing some of the species like catfish, you have to throw bait. You know, they're bottom dwellers, so that's kind of the only way to get them. Yeah. Okay, go back to the spin fishermen then. Uh, you ever, I don't care about brands or the particular brand that you use. You provide equipment, I'm sure. For we provide all the gear, yep. You don't have to worry about bringing anything. That, that's awesome. Now, if you're going after these peacock and bass, I'm assuming you've you got to have a pretty hefty rod. You do have to have a pretty hefty rod. Um, you know, you see a lot of these guys that come down, and they're largemouth fishermen, and they like right. these really long rods because they like to flip. You know, they yep. like to flip the lures, that sort of thing. You know, in my experience, a, a six-foot rod is actually pretty nice you know we're not we're not usually flipping that much and the, the lures we're throwing like the big i don't know if you've seen those big wood choppers or yes. those high rollers yes you know they're, they're pretty lengthy they're almost like a saltwater plug right? right and they're pretty heavy and so it's really more important to be accurate uh you know from a length of 30 to 60 feet casting undercover and being able to rip those things back and get them to the boat and then doing it again over and over again you know it's not not too many short flips occasionally you'll do that if you're you know, in some trees, but it, it's a lot more of that 30 to 60 foot distance. Exactly. <coughs> Excuse me. Once again, now if you're using that six foot rod, what pound test line are you putting on these reels? So spinning yeah, reels. That depends on the lure you're fishing and also the river that we're fishing because that'll, you know, certain rivers have bigger species. So for example, we could be fishing 50 to 60 pound braid or down to 30 pound braid, depending on where we are. Uh, typically, when we're using the spinning reels, we'll do 30 to 40 pound. And then if we're using the bait cast, we use 50 to 60. Wow. Yeah, and, I mean, because we get into some areas where there's there's some big peacocks, and big peacocks can blow up a line pretty easy. And it's not just, you know, the, the power of when they hit. They take you straight into the jungle where there's a lot of trees and a lot of places where you can get abrasions in the line, right? So we want something powerful that we can turn them quickly. But then also, if they do get into the brush, you know, we're not cutting off on those branches and that sort of thing. <laughs> Exactly. A, a big fish and brush, that combination, yeah, it's rough on the lines. But people, again, uh, do you find that most people are coming down are, are pretty accurate casters? Or are you guys giving them a little bit of instruction? Well, it, it might be a totally different environment from what guys are used to. So how does yeah. that play out? I mean, peacock bass fishing is definitely different than, for example, like a largemouth fisherman. He, he, he has to adjust his techniques because... A lot of times, whether you're fishing smallmouth or largemouth, they'll hit on a drop. Right. Right. Peacock bass very rarely do that. They hit almost always on the acceleration. 
And so when I see a largemouth come, fishermen come down for a lot of times, they'll, they'll <laughs> stop. And I'm like, no, you got to keep that thing moving. Even if it's just small little, little bumps or little twitches, mm -hmm. as soon as you let that thing die, a lot of times they lose interest and just leave, right? So you do have to adjust. A lot of people aren't used to fishing the same amount of cover that we fish. I mean, this is the Amazon. There are bushes and trees everywhere. Right, everywhere. And so I would tell anybody before you come down, go to your local lake and practice throwing under bushes, practice throwing under willows, you know, and really pick a small target. Try and think of your target, you know, as, as you know, big as a ping pong ball and throw to that target, right? And if you miss a little bit, that's okay. But one problem that I see a lot of people do is there's just a big gap and they don't narrow in on a target and they just throw it and then they throw it too far or too short or to the side, right? And so I always say aim small, miss small, and practice before you come. Really dial in on, on your local pond, on your, lo you know, local largemouth fishery or something and, and get ready before you come down here. Well, from the TV shows that I've, I've watched, the action, at least the casting action, is always, like you said, man, it's cast, 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 and you're burning those lures. Might be wise for people to pump some iron before they come. <laughs> well, Chucking those big plugs just for hours. I mean, most fishing trips, i gotta got to ask this, are, are they an all-day thing, four hours or what? generally for the peacocks i mean we we fish from sun up to sun down if, wow. if you can do it That's i mean for young guys we, yeah for young guys we do keep a hammock in the you know in the boat oh, if you want to take okay. a break i yeah. am like it is pull over have some lunch you know <laughs> sleep in the hammock for a while you can do that you go back to the yacht but i mean yeah you see those guys ripping those high rollers a lot on tv yeah. especially and i think that's because that makes good tv yeah you know i i a consistent cadence where you're just going you know, I think works just as well as spraying water everywhere. I say, you know, don't wear yourself out. Just work the lure, do a good job, be consistent, and you'll you'll produce fish. And the other thing you can do is, you know, you don't have to fish those high rollers. You can fish jigs. You can fish spooks. You can fish red fins. You know, a red fin's nice. You can basically just reel it, and it just works itself back and forth. Right. So there's other options than just those high rollers that you're seeing on TV. Uh, that, that's good to know. I was a little bit concerned. No, no. But, I mean, one one technique that's really fun if you can dial it in is to is walking the dog with like a super spook yep you know i like to fish the high rollers and and the the super spooks i think those are the two most fun because it's surface action but if you just look at wanting pr to produce numbers subsurface with a jig is is really good all sounds good but i gotta ask it seems to be different everywhere when you get that wow just that tremendous strike yeah Where's the hook set go? You're coming straight up to the side? What are you doing? Uh, you, you won't really remember because if you're not holding on to your rod, you're just <laughs> trying to gone. keep... Yeah. <laughs> you're, just, <laughs> you're just trying to hold on to your rod and you don't really remember about setting the hook. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, peacock bass, If I enjoy smallmouth fishing back home. Peacock bass mm -hmm. are four or five times the size and they're yeah. pumped with steroids. Like I always say, right. they're smallmouth on steroids and they're four or five times the size. So, you know, I would just say when a peacock bass hits, you're going to know it, right? And you're going to feel that resistance right away. Yeah. They, they, just they hang don't on mess around. Ride. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't mess around. Well, I know every place you go, techniques are different. I was so embarrassed in the Florida Keys one day. First time I got on some really big tarpon. Most of the tarpon I fish for uh, down in the Yucatan are the baby tarpon, you know, 5 to 30 pounds or so. But got in the Keys, and an old fellow got me on a pot of just, I mean, 70 to 100 pound plus tarpon yeah. and uh, he asked me is it 
you're from up north. Are you a trout fisherman? I said, yeah. Well, you can just see. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Head, oh, my. I've got a Were trout. Were you trout setting? Yeah. yeah I, had a, I had like an 80-pound tarpon hit to fly, you know, 10, 12 feet from the boat. Yeah. Blue water all over me. Yep, straight up with that rod. Hooked him right on top of the mouth, and you know the rest oh, of the yeah. story. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. He's gone the first, first jump, and this guy's. Uh, he didn't use any foul language, but he wasn't very happy. <laughs> I told you, you know. Yeah, that's right. And I said, man, that was exciting, you know. Oh, yeah. And it's it's just like muscle memory. Muscle memory, that's exactly yeah, right. And that's, that's a good point. If you're going to come down and fly fish, you know, a lot of people ask me about fly patterns, that sort of thing. Anything that's like a 3.0 to 5.0 hook, and you can use different colors from yellows, orange, chartreuse, red. Uh, I even do like a blue and white pattern. A lot of, you know, clouser and bait fish minnows right. work good. Uh, and you can also buy poppers. There's a there's a popper that was developed in the Seychelles called uh, Not Your Average Popper <laughs> that they use for GTs. And I like that one because it just sprays a lot of water and makes a lot of noise, and that's that's a lot oh, of fun. Oh, I, I love that. I love it. Well, surface action is just second to none. Oh, yeah. And I guess, you know, we, we go out sometimes on the rivers and, and boy, we're hoping for just a handful of surface strikes, usually early in the morning from the big smallmouth or the largemouth or whatever. And, man, that's just what makes the whole, whole trip. And, honestly, that's the biggest attractor to me from what I see on TV from fishing in the Amazon for these peacock bass. Those blow-ups. I, They're I huge. just, you know, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm kind of like a cheerleader. <laughs> you know, that's right. I see one of those big blow-ups it's like a touchdown man it's it's just great and it's fabulous and that has to set in the mind of every angler the first one he sees i think he'll remember his whole life bed. He'll, he'll remember it his whole life he or she'll remember his whole life Re- really really will well where do most of your clients come from zach now uh, we get a lot of clients from the u.s we get a lot of clients from canada uh, we get a few from south africa Australia pre-COVID more from Australia not as much since then and, and we get some Europeans as well but I'd say the majority are coming from the U.S. and Canada. U.S. and Canada well that's yep. pretty interesting do you find that most of your clients are fairly accomplished anglers? Yeah I mean I, we get a mix and we try to match the skill level of the angler there to the go. fishery right I mean we have some if, if you don't have a lot of experience we're going to send you one direction if, if you're you know, you're comfortable handling a bait caster, you're comfortable flipping a fly, you know, we'll, we'll send you another direction. And, and that's one thing, particularly with the fly fishermen, you know, you said you're a trout fisherman, right? Yeah. Well, it's very different to cast, uh, you know, a little Adams and a floating <laughs> fly line on a five weight than it is to cast a nine weight with sinking line and a big streamer, right? Oh, absolutely. I've and done so both. you really need to get out in the yard and practice with those heavy flies, those heavy lines and, and put your time in and, and, you know you have to be accurate you have to be able to hit those pockets and i see a lot of guys who don't practice their casting and then they come down and you know you might as well just pick up the spinning rod because if you can't throw it into the cover and, and do so well you know you're you're going to be wasting a lot of time so well that kind of parallels something i've taught all my life i love to cook i'm known as the gravel bar gourmet in the <laughs> ozarks i've cooked hundreds if not thousands of meals Right on the gravel bars, you know, I insist we stop on a fishing trip. Carry a little old backpack and stove, a little seven-inch skillet. I make steak for heat. Well, you're welcome on my drip boat <laughs> anytime, and I do. I can't cook. That's one That's thing perfect. I, All right. I can do. And you know what? You have to get it right. But people always ask me, how do you do that? And it's so simple, but everybody always asks about secret ingredient because I claim to have one, you know. Right. And they, they don't buy it, but. My secret ingredient, everything I cook on the gravel bar, is a pinch of sand. 
You're going to get sand in your food anyway, right? That's right. But, but yeah, and if you, you guys don't cook in the Amazon like that, shame on you. Because, boy, particularly the older you get, the older clients, you know, hey, we like the siestas. We like to eat right. a little drink to go with it, you know, at times. Well, there'll and, be Caparinas there waiting for you every day at the end of the bar. You get off the boat, and it's right there waiting for you. So oh, we, man, it just sounds like paradise you've just blown my mind up you know that don't you? well you know when you're ready to get down there just let me know hey we're gonna have we're gonna have to work on it uh, sounds like i'm gonna be in a, actually in alaska this summer working as a fishing guide you know a friend of mine just started a new online uh magazine called the rambling angler well he spent 22 years in alaska as a helicopter pilot okay uh, he got all over the place then and he still got a little cabin up there he says it's on an unnamed stream i hope i can find it again but we're going to go up there this summer and he's guiding for somebody and he said he needed a second guy this well man i'm 75 years old i can't stand in chin deep water and fish anymore <laughs> he said we'll put you on the knee deep rivers <laughs> Hey, if it's a no-name river in Alaska, it sounds like a blast. Hey, does it? I'm, I'm going, man, but it's all part of living the dream. That's you know? right. That's it right. It really is. Well, Zach, man, it sounds like you're living your dream. But uh, once again, uh, give your contact info so people can get a hold of you. Sure, you bet. You can call us at 866-832-2987. Again, that's 866-832-2987. Or you can email me at Z, as in zebra, Porter, P-O-R-T-E-R, at AcuteAngling.com. Again, that's Z as in zebra, Porter, P-O-R-T-E-R, at AcuteAngling.com. And I'd be happy to answer any questions you have. Zach, man, it's been a pleasure to have you on the program. I probably won't sleep tonight. You know that? That's what that's what I'm here to do. <laughs> just you got to come scratch the itch or you won't sleep again. Oh, uh, exactly. But, folks, Zach Porter, myself, Bill Cooper, we're living our outdoor dreams. We encourage you to get into the outdoors and live your dreams as well. Captain Brian Wilson runs one of the tightest boat fishing operations in the business. Stainwater Boat Fishing operates out of Jerome, Missouri and the beautiful Missouri Ozarks. They cover most Ozark streams and lakes. You haven't lived until you've searched Ozark waters during the night with Stainwater Boat Fishing while looking for giant gar, carp, and buffalo. Captain Wilson also runs a second boat on Taney Como Lake. Call today to book a trip with Stainwater Boat Fishing at 573-263-8016. Again, that's 573-263-8016. Be sure and shoot straight. Hey guys, this is Frank Cox with Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Hey, have you ever considered a career in real estate? If you have, but you don't have your license, this is your opportunity. So each month, the Living the Dream Outdoor Properties team is giving away a free seat to the online training that you need to take in order to get your real estate license. We would love to have you join our team. All you got to do is go to our website, livingthedreamland.com, and then click on the Our Team button, and then click on the one that comes up under that that says Join Our Team. On that page, there's an application form. Just simply fill that out and get in contact with a member of our team, and I'll be giving you a call. We appreciate you, and uh, good luck. The Live in the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Live in the Dream Outdoor Properties, The Fly Rod Journals, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, 
Stained Water Bow Fishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters, Kaufman Cove, Alaska, Big Ed's Guide Service, Bean Creek Game Calls, Misty Mountain Guide Service, ASO Guides and Outfitters with Ryan Walker, On the Hook TV, Expedition Trailers, The Rambling Angler, and Rich's Famous Burgers. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.